Hold on, we both need to be ready. You need to wait for me, okay? Greetings, and welcome to week two of the five weeks of fright. I am Count Yuli. And I am Count Morris. This week's tale is of a heinous villain whose reprehensible acts of slaughter far surpass. Hey, Boris, you want to play a game? No, I do not. As I was saying, this is a tale of... It is really fun. Fun would not seem appropriate when speaking of this character's terror deeds. Fun would not seem appropriate when speaking of this character's terrible deeds. Yes, that is what I said. Yes, that is what I said. I don't understand what you... I don't understand what you are. Cease this immediately. Cease this immediately. You need to you stop, need to stop now. this now. I do not, I do not realize, realize what you are what doing. doing. This is, this is widely inappropriate. inappropriate. Okay, Count Boris. I am sorry. Uh, well, well, boys and girls. I'm going to go clean my pants. Seems I've dropped a few rotten pumpkin seeds in my underwear. The red cats will return after this short break. You're going to camp blood, ain't ya? It's got a death curse. Happy Friday the 13th. Remember that commercial? Yeah. What was that for again? It was like car. It was a car commercial. Jason doing a car commercial. Yeah, exactly. What was that? That was the late nineties. Late nineties, early two thousands, something like that. Yeah, I remember that song though. Yeah. Speaking of the nineties, I. Well, no, I no, 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 no. I miss the nineties. Um, not, not the nineties. Um, this was eighty nine. I can't tell you how many times I've watched the Rhythm Nation video in the oh, last yeah, two Jan weeks. Jackson? Yeah, it's because I, it's awesome. Because I watched it and I was like, I love this song. How have I never seen this video? But I watched it and you've I never keep seen, watching. Well, I guess you told me you've never seen the video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean Joseph Gordon-Levitt did the dance. I never, on I never think that. I never but saw yeah, that. You never saw the. You. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I don't have to tell you then. Okay. You seem very uncultured. Yeah. Speaking of culture, 
one thing that we pop culture pop culture but one thing that we really have strived to culture ourselves on is horror culture yep welcome back into the radcast everybody i'm steven i'm matt and today we are going to be counting down the friday the 13th movies i also will preface and say the first 10 friday the 13th yeah. movies so we're I, stopping I, at jason x uh yes stopping at jason yeah. x i a lot of people include freddy versus jason in their lists mm-hmm. i look at that more of a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Yeah. Because, like, who did um, Paramount did um, Friday the 13th, right? Uh, yes. Who, whoever their distribution company was uh, worked with New Line Cinema on yeah. that one. But N- New Line Cinema, I feel like they really took the reins on that one. And Freddy, and Freddy Krueger is a New Line Cinema property. Yeah, so. and it, it, it kind of is. It's kind of like how... Captain America Civil War was just another Avengers movie, but it's another but it's Captain, a Captain Amer- America yeah, movie. Yeah, so it's just, yeah. a, it's almost kind of just another Nightmare on Elm Street movie minus the last, you know, you have Jason in there, like Freddy's yeah. trying to use Jason to yeah. make kids. All of that to what, say, yeah. there's no reboots, yeah. there's no uh, Freddy vs. Jason. Because frankly, it's, I haven't seen either one of those. Sure. So, but it is Friday the 13th through Friday through Jason X. Jason X, So yeah. 10 makes the countdown easy. Yeah. Um, so, in this countdown... Uh, a lot of people focus on kills mm-hmm. as part of their rankings. Um, it's n- it doesn't go unnoticed, mm-hmm. but because we watch these slasher movies with a different lens, with not necessarily a focus on kills, while we'll acknowledge the creativity and ingenuity that goes mm-hmm. into it, practical effects always impress me. Mm-hmm. Um, these are more so going to be... Um, that doesn't drive the entertainment factor for us. Right. So if you're sitting there, you're like, but you know, part six had this kill and this kill and this kill. It's like we're more, fo- more focused on other components and other yeah. elements in here. Yeah. Yeah. And a, a big, a big part of that too is uh, entertainment. How entertained yeah. were we by the characters? How, inter- what kind of entertainment did we get out of it by, you know, yeah. what could we kind of poke fun at? So sure. like that, yeah. because again, we're comedy guys, you mm-hmm. know, in who we're comedy guys who like, horror so um above anything else if something is funny about something Mm -hmm. you know then that's going to be higher than something with a higher body count that's why this list is going to be this ranking is going to be unique from probably anything else you've ever seen or heard because the kills aren't taken into consideration Mm -hmm. with the rankings yes and obviously you have to point out some because some of them stand out so much like the sleeping bag kill and friday the first Friday the 13th, the new blood part seven. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's so many people's yeah. favorite kill because it's, it's so it's, it's iconic or the wheelchair. Yeah. To, and this the, is going to sound so terrible because it is, but a guy in a wheelchair gets a hatchet to a face and falls down. Yeah. You know, it falls down backwards. Yeah. Or a, steps, a, yeah. um, a, it wasn't a hatchet. It was a, um, it was a cleaver. It was meat cleaver, wasn't no, it? No, meat cleaver was Crispin Glover. It was a big four. ass knife. It was it was a it was machete. machete. Yeah, it was a machete. machete. I was gonna say Jason's weapon Take of choice. Take my mother's machete. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but so like, yeah, those stand out. And then Demon in Part yeah. Five gets killed in a bathroom. Yeah. But so like, but anyway, those, those anyway. won't be deciders no. for any of them. So so let's a, little, a bit of a different angle. But before we go into it, just real quick, give us our social. Yeah. Steven, so where, socials, where, can, where can the listeners find us? So. Both listeners, old and new, if you're drawn in by the horror aspect of our five weeks of fright, you can find us on Instagram at the Radcast. The cast is spelled with a K. On Twitter, you can find us at T Radcast. Again, 
spelled with a K. Facebook, you can find us just the Radcast on Facebook. Uh, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever it's applicable, um, give us a rating and a comment. Five star ratings help boost us up the charts. It gives mm-hmm. us visibility. Yep. Um, it's and it's it's definitely not for our egos. Um, you can not like it. I don't know. You just you like the fact we're talking about. Friday Thirteenth, five stars. I don't know. Whatever your motivator Whatever is, your just motiva- help out your yeah. gracious host. Exactly. You know, we're really, we're really, we work hard on these every week, and we just want to see, uh, we want to see who's listening. Um, I work so, hard on these every week. Yeah, you're right. Um, so anywhere it's applicable, uh, like, follow, up, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a five star review, and show us some love on mm. any of those social media outlets so without further ado let's dive into friday the 13th the radcast i haven't even the radcast countdown definitive Friday the thirteenth countdown. countdown. I'm a teenage Frankenstein. We'll get the to that. The local freak with the twisted mind. Didn't Our, that play in Wayne's World? Uh, no, no. That it was, played in Part Six. Oh, we saw the music video a lot on Metal Mania. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Um, Feed My Frankenstein was in yeah. Wayne's World. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Without further ado, actually, Let's get into it. It. enough of the silliness. <laughs> uh, so, number ten, Friday the Thirteenth: The New Beginning. Yeah. So this. So that's part five. It came out in 1985. Director Danny Steinman. Uh, there was no Jason in this movie, which is why it's at the tenth spot. And if this wasn't a top ten ranking of Friday the Thirteenth movies, if this were just horror movies, mm-hmm. this wouldn't. This wouldn't even. The, the reason it's on this list. The reason it would normally sniff this list is because it's a Friday the 13th right. movie. Um, but there's no Jason in it. Uh, some notable characters. Tommy Jarvis, played by John Shepard. Pam, played by Melanie Kinnaman. Ethel, played by Carol Locatell. Junior, played by Ron Sloan. Reggie the Reckless, played by that, that kid from Shavar, Different Strokes. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Gary Coleman. Gary Coleman, yeah. What yeah. you talking about, Jason? Gary Coleman was in this movie. And then Roy Burns, played Dick Weend. So we're going to find uh, that that's... Dick Wien played Roy Burns. Yes. Okay. What are, I said the other way around. Because, spoiler alert, the Roy is the copycat killer. Yeah. So he's he's Jason. He's quote, unquote, Jason. It doesn't have the same ring as Jason Voorhees. Roy Burns. <laughs> <laughs> it's an accountant. Yeah, it's like Roy Burns, serial killer. The ambulance driver? So you mentioned, you mentioned that... The reason was no Jason. I would say yeah. that is definitely that is one of its Achilles heels. Yeah. Uh, because the first one doesn't have Jason, but I mean the first one for obvious reasons is sure is not last. But yeah, but there's I mean yeah. one one of one of the reasons that this is low is because this is the this is this movie is just a mess. Yeah. There's so many things going on. They tried to reboot or not reboot they try to start a new trilogy yeah. with this one with as you know you'll hear later on in the countdown with tommy jarvis four as the is main called character. the final chapter yeah and then five is, five is a new beginning yeah and tommy jarvis ends up in a halfway house because of you know what four did to him mentally i mean he's been in a in an asylum pretty much since he yeah. was a kid because of what four did um so five like 
there's too much going on. There's yeah. too many characters introduced. It's a trashy, sleazy movie. I'm not saying like, oh, this oh yeah, because the because the um the director, the director directed, directed adult films. He directed adult films, and he was he was, you know, he verbally he was high off his ass. He verbally mm. abused people during it. He was just a really seedy, sleazy guy. It's kind of a perv during yeah, like, the yeah. sex. Scenes oh yeah, or and like and it's it has the most nudity and the highest body count because he thought that's what people wanted to see. And like, yeah. sure, that's why some teenage boys went. But like, see, but yeah. the st- there's the story is just a mess. Even if you watch Crystal Lake Memories, which is an amazing seven hour documentary mm-hmm. about the the Friday the Thirteenth series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, when in his interview and in his talking head, he just looks like a perv. Yeah, like he's got you know, like greasy looking gray yeah. curly hair. Yeah. He's wearing a baseball cap because all, all pervs wear baseball caps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's like this fat dude who's like the the camera shots kind of far off. You can tell they probably didn't want to get too close to him just because he oozes uh, seediness. He's, he's he's just kind of gross. The movie's just kind of gross and it it's. Just, there's no good payoff. The the yeah the thing is there's really no likable characters. Tommy um, is Reggie the Reckless. Okay, fine, Reggie the Reckless. But uh, Reggie's grandpa is likable. Oh yeah, and Reggie's family. Reggie's likeable. brother. Demon. Reggie's brother. Demon. Michael Nunez. Yeah. That so that's a pro. But any like other than that, none of the people at the halfway house are likable. Junior and Ma are so obnoxious. They're two hillbilly characters, yeah. like two backwoods yeah. hillbillies. And then the 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 why are they even there? The, Don't the they character cuz also I think they introduce people just for a body count because there's yeah. also that that has the scene that has nothing to do with what's going on and it's been a little bit since I've watched 5 so maybe there's a connection there somewhere, but a scene where there's nothing nothing to do with what's going on. There's this woman who works at a diner and her boyfriend's picking oh, her up. Yeah, yeah. That's just used as two more bodies and another, and another reason for nudity. Yeah. Um, it's just, there's, there's, it's muddled. There's too much going on. Yeah. It's not a concise story. And the payoff is stupid because again, it's shown that Roy is an ambulance is, driver. He's an ambulance driver that you, who, you, the only time you see him is when backtrack you, a little yeah. bit. So backtracking a little bit tommy jarvis as you'll uh, well he'll he'll be on this list some more yeah but he's this character from previous friday films who was a kid and now he's a, an adult and through a lot of trauma he's been going through mental hospitals mm-hmm. and now he's in a halfway house kind of like steven mentioned and one of the two of the people at the halfway house um one of them kills the other one with an axe yeah for a dumb he offers him a chocolate bar yeah. kills him with an axe he says he says leave me alone he's like fine Vic you know I'll just you know just don't talk to me or something like that then he just turns around and kills him kills him which is which is stupid maybe the, not inexplicably maybe there's a little sort of screw loose but nah, it there's there's no connection to why he killed but the him. ambulance that comes to pick up the body of the kid that was killed the ambulance driver recognize you can tell he recognizes the kid because he like looks at him for a little bit looks up at the camera with like a vindictive look on his face but like there's zero connection you only see the ambulance driver roy twice throughout the movie when that happens or he has two scenes when that happens and then when it's revealed he's the copycat and then later in the hospital when tom like the the sequence of events that goes on and the happenings in the film yeah. it ends up there's three survivors in the ordeal tommy uh pam and then reggie the reckless and like pam's in the hospital like in the waiting room while Tommy's recovering from injuries and stuff like that. And like, there's a a police officer who reveals that, uh, like they found Roy's wallet 
and yeah. it, it showed that the kid who got took his wallet. the kid that got axed at the the be or the the young adult who got yeah. axed at the beginning of the movie was his kid. But there's so like, you're like, wait, you completely at that point you for, you completely forgot about the ambulance driver. Mm-hmm. You completely forgot about the kid. Yeah, which at like the the reveals like, oh, we completely forgot about him. So the fact that he's revealed, you're like, is a big surprise. But really, you're like. That's disappointing. Yeah, it's such a it's so glaring that the movie was released eleven months after number four yeah. because they were so they're chomping at the I bit. I was twins. Yeah, well, yeah, they're chomping at the bit to to get it out. Yeah, so they could create something new. Again, enough. Uh, like I I talked we talked more about a new beginning than I wanted to. We're not gonna spend that much time on each. Yeah, kind of just I think just this it's go too long. I just think do. five was just a mess. It was muddled yeah. and it was it was just trashy. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I do have pros and cons. Each one, each count, each mm-hmm. entry will have pros and cons. Mm-hmm. The pros: uh, Tommy Jarvis actually kicks ass in this movie. Yeah, the, the, pulls the, some kung fu. The little he shows yeah. up. Um, let's see. Ooh, baby. baby. Ooh, baby. baby. Demon uh, singing to yeah. his girlfriend. So uh, Reggie's big older brother is a guy named Demon, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's singing. He's sitting on the toilet, singing to his girlfriend outside of an outhouse. After, after what? After they're they're fooling around a little bit, and he's like, "Ooh, damn enchiladas!" Yeah, he's like, "Those damn enchiladas!" So, um, demon's the best part of this movie. Yeah, and which so there's sucks because he's a needless character as well. He's exactly. just in there for as a body count. Which is funny. Um, he's in the he's on the toilet, mm-hmm. and you see the the outhouse is shaking, yeah. and his girlfriend's doing it. But he's like, "Stop it!" Will you stop it? It reminds, just reminded me of Jim, Jim from, from Miami, Miami Connection. Connection. Give me the damn letter now! Uh, and then uh, Reggie the Reckless is screams. Screams like a girl. So yeah. that's a pro. It's not really It's not really Gary Coleman either. It's Shavar Ross. Yeah, Shavar Ross. Who, it's funny. He plays Gary Coleman's best friend in different strokes. Yeah. Um, that was that was a comedy routine, everyone. Yeah. A comedy bit at the beginning. He didn't really say what you're talking about, Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cons, kind of like weird, pretty much everything we just said. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it was the story was all over the place. Yep, exactly. So moving on, uh-huh. uh, number nine, Jason takes Manhattan. So the eighth, the eighth entry mm-hmm. into the Friday the Thirteenth series. Uh, I didn't write down what year it came out in. Uh, nineteen. Look that up real quick. Eighty-eight. I don't it think was 80, so. I think it was 88 because New Blood was 87. Yeah. So late 80s. It was towards the end. Uh, so director is Rob Hedden. Jason was Kane Hodder, who a lot of people refer to as the definitive Jason. Mm-hmm. You'll hear why. 89. Uh, 89. So 30 years old. Happy yeah. birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan. You disappointed us all. Um, so uh, Rennie Wickham is our heroine, I guess. Uh, Charles McCulloch is a principal. Rennie Wickham is played by Jensen Daggett mm-hmm. uh, from... Major League, Major League back, three, to the back to the minors. Yeah. Yep, there you go. Scott Bakula's girlfriend. Uh, Peter Mark Richmond played the principal, Charles McCulloch. Uh, Sean Robertson is uh, Rennie's boyfriend, played by Scott Reeves. Uh, Julius Gaw was played by Vincent Craig Dupree, and you'll see why Julius made this list of notable characters. And then Ava Watanabe, played by Kelly Hugh. She's really yeah. only notable on here because she's played by Kelly Hugh. Yeah, and Lady Kelly Deathstroke. Yeah, she, and X-Men too. So the pros of this movie, um, it reminds me of Monster Fest, like we talked about last week. Uh, we watched it quite a bit. Uh, Julius, Julius Gaw, is the boxer of the group, gets his head knocked off by Jason. And that is funny. Uh, the principal... Is a dime store F. Murray Abraham. That's a oh oh you're on the cons. 
No, this is the pros. pros. Oh, yeah. That's a, okay. That's uh, a pro. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's not much to, I mean, there's not much to it. It's a mindless slasher. That's mm-hmm. a pro for me. Just because yeah. you sit and you don't have to worry about depth or anything. And then uh, Kane Hodder's Jason is a pro. Yeah. And then some of the cons. They're in Manhattan for maybe 30 minutes of the movie. Um, and it's called Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, there's there's not a very strong female lead. Female leads kind of meek the whole mm-hmm. time. Uh, Jason gets flooded with toxic waste, and it inexplicably turns him back into a child. And then Jason, without the mask, his makeup looks like a Muppet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it also a something people point out is the beginning of the movie are two... Two of the teenagers that are supposed to go on the trip, yeah, are somehow Crystal Lake. Um, oh so yeah, they're in they're in a boat that I guess the guy stole from his stepdad, and they're 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 canoodling. And Jason cr- pulls them into the bushes. Yes, exactly. Um, Steals but their clothes. The events that happened of seven causes Jason to be underwater of Crystal Lake. Yes. Um, so the again he's brought back to life, and then. Um, he, he kills, he kills the two teenagers, but then somehow he ends up, people are like, how does the lake, how does Crystal Lake go into oh, yeah, that's right. the, the ocean? Boat, Cause yeah. the boat's on the ocean. Yeah. So who knows? I, I don't know that that's not explained, but yeah. Um, it's just, it's just, it, it's, it's dumb because you, they market it as Jason takes Manhattan. It's called Jason takes Manhattan and he's only in quote unquote Manhattan for the last 30 minutes of the movie. And then in the filming is only in Manhattan for like two, I don't know, sh- two, two shots. Yeah. The rest is in Vancouver. Yeah. So <laughs> Jason takes Vancouver. Exactly. So, and, and it's just plot. It's slow. Mm-hmm. It's boring. Um, there's nothing inventive at all. He's on a boat. Jason's on a boat. <laughs> Jason takes, That's- so they they could have done something really yeah. cool and different with Jason's having things the king happen. of the world. Yeah, I mean they they wanted to, but it's so expensive to shoot in New York. Like the the, the boxing match, Julius is the boxer and he's he's punching Jason on the top of a building to no avail, and Jason punches his head off. Um, that was supposed to take place in Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden, Garden yeah. and they had all these cool shots of, of New York, but it's so expensive to shoot there. Like they're like we have money to shoot on a boat. Yeah, so it's just we have this boat. It's not interesting. Jensen no. Daggett is not a good female lead. No, like it's just it's boring. It's a boring movie. It is. The number eight entry: Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, released in '93. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the final entry, but on our way, on you know, we were driving around, uh, just you know, driving around, and uh, sure, <laughs> and no, I was picking Steven up from work, and we were coming back, and. And I was like, we went through our countdown, just kind of, you know, finally finalizing some things. He's like, I think I want to flip five and nine because at least nine's a better film than five. At least it's got a cohesive story. It it, it also, I mean, I mainly, and I have my cars in the shop. That's why. (laughs) But, uh, um, I, well, mainly just because I, nine isn't five. And I just, I just, the more and more i on its Watch own, five. I just, yeah. I just was like, this movie sucks. If it, if it wasn't part of the, if it didn't have that Friday the Thirteenth tag on it, yeah. All in all, it'd be a pretty good, you know, uh, supernatural yeah. horror movie mm-hmm. in the eighties. Um, so the director of um, Jason Goes to Hell is Adam Marcus. Jason is played by Kane Hodder. 
Um, Diana Kimball plays Aaron Gray. Stephen Freeman plays John, or no, Aaron Gray plays Diana Kimball. Uh, John D. LeMay is Stephen Freeman. Stephen Williams is Creighton Duke. Um, and basically, Jason is killed at the beginning of the movie. His spirit passes through multiple bodies on its way to find his half-sister. So it kind of establishes this mythos of Jason as Hell's favorite assassin. He just likes taking the form of Jason. So now that his, his essence is out of that body, it's just moving around from person to person. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting idea. Interesting addition to the mythos. Um, that's not why it's ranked so low. Um, that's actually a really cool approach to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the pros are that. Also, it's an original, like I said, it's an original take on the mythos. I admire the new direction. Creighton Duke is this bounty hunter that they hire to try and basically take, find a way to capture that essence mm-hmm. and put it into it. Um, and uh, Kane Hodder has a cameo in it. Just as Kane, not as Kane Hodder, but mm-hmm. it's Kane Hodder not in the makeup. And what does he say? Like, there, he's like a hospital security guard. And he's uh, like, I could have kicked Jason's ass. Or he's or like, he's like just, um, I know this is kind of a, uh, I know we're vulgar on here, but there's some vulgarities you try to shy away from. Quoting him, he's like, he's just nothing but a big pussy anyway. Okay. So that's a pro because it's funny because he's the guy that was playing mm-hmm. Jason. Yeah. And then the cons are there's no, there's no Jason for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, this is kind. This movie's kind of boring too. Yeah, it's. I've. I've granted. I've only seen it once, so that has like. It's kind. Of, there's a reason I've only seen it once. Yeah. It's because I recorded it when it was on Fear Fest a few years ago. Because I was like, oh, it's final. Yeah. You know, final Friday. Jason goes to hell. I'd like. I like to watch that. Also, there's the scene at the end where. Freddy's glove comes up and pulls him down. Yeah, that, his, that's another pro. Down. Is it kind um, of builds? Yeah, builds up for Freddy because New Line Jason. Cinema would released. Jason yeah. goes mm-hmm. to hell. Um, and Sean Cunningham was back on. Yeah, who, um, he directed the first one. Yeah, um, so it was boring. I couldn't pay attention to it. Um, it just I. I didn't like the whole S Jason's essence thing. It was yeah. going back and forth between people via like a, this, this worm creature. Yeah. Uh, Jason's humanity had been so diluted by that yeah. point that he was just supernatural. Yeah. Now that mythos is a cool, like you said, it's a cool idea, yeah. but within the context of where you put it, people watch a Friday the 13th cause they want to see Jason. Right. And although his look at the beginning was kind of cool, he's grotesque. Kane Hodder describes it as like, it looked like this skin was growing or the skin on his head was growing around his mask. So yeah. that's why it looked, it, he looked, he looked really freaky. Yeah. Um, but again, they, they blow him up at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but I think when you watch a Friday the 13th, it's pretty well established. People want to watch it for Jason. Yeah. That's the reason that f- that's one of the reasons five did so poorly is because, you know, it wasn't Jason. Jason's essence Sounds like a cologne they should yeah. have marketed with this movie. Yeah, it smells like pond water mm. and iron because of blood. Feel the evil inside of you. Um, but uh, plus all the and this is kind of the last yeah. point we can make before we move on to the next one. Uh, the the bodies it went back and forth from. You're used to Jason being really imposing. Yeah, and they were just like doctors and businessmen, newscaster. Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody who, a person who, a waiter. So it yeah. just, it was dumb. And then I'll, I'll say one more thing. There's this woman who runs the diner that the main, the main kind of that 
uh, Dana Kimball. Dana Kimball was it? Is yeah. it Dana Kimball? Yeah, yeah. The, um, Dana yeah, Kimball so, is is Jason's so half. Jason's half sister. And the the reason it, the essence needs to get into a Voorhees. Yeah. For Jason to come back to life. So it's basically leapfrogging um, around. So it's until either it gets it's to either Dana's granddaughter or it's Dana. Yeah. Um. So Dana's uh, granddaughter is a little baby in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's just, it's boring lead characters. And then there's this woman who runs the diner that Dana works at that is so obnoxious. Yeah. She's so annoying. And she thinks she had like a funny line watching crystal Lake memories. It just kind of makes me laugh that she thinks she had a good, um, a good line. Like the line in the script was nobody's getting near that baby. Um, but she's like, but I improvise and said, nobody's getting near that effing ray sunshine. I was like, it's so stupid. Just get, Okay, good Just improvisation. You think very highly of yourself. Um, so moving on to number seven, it is Jason X from 2001, yeah. uh, directed by James Isaac. Jason was Kane Hodder. Mm-hmm. Um, some notable characters, KM14, played by Lisa Ryder. Uh, Professor Lowe, played by Jonathan Potts. Uh, Rowan, played by Alexa Duig. I don't know how to pronounce it, so yeah. I just looked at it and I was like, Duig. Uh, Sergeant Brodsky, or Sergeant Brodsky, sorry, played by Peter Peter Mensa, and uh, basically it's about in 2008, which this is from 2001 to 2008, a scientist mm-hmm. and Jason are cryogenically frozen mm-hmm. in the remains of Camp Crystal Lake, and then in 2025, students from Earth Two uh, come and find them and thaw out Jason. Yeah, uh, Jason. Jason X. Jason's in space. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Where a lot of series jump the shark, shipping someone off to space. Yep. Um, um the there, so this one, full transparency, I've haven't watched all the way through. I've seen I I've seen bits and I haven't in one sitting. I've seen the movie, but in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but Crystal Lake Memories, we used a lot for reference mm-hmm. because they do do a good job mm-hmm. of kind of breaking them down. Um, so some of the notable pros I would think from this one as to why it's on seven on this list, uh, KM 14 kicks ass. She's like a robot that they build and sort of like a, uh, like she's like, an, like android. an android. Yeah. And she's, she's, uh, she's likable and she kicks ass. Um, uh, Sergeant Brodsky kicks ass. He's the one, he kind of sacrifices himself in space. He's in this like mili- 2025 military space uniform or whatever. And he goes toe to toe with Jason uh uber jason mm-hmm. looks awesome mm-hmm. even when i was a kid and i wasn't into horror movies i was like uber jason looks pretty cool mm-hmm. um liquid nitrogen kill is one of the more famous ones yeah. um some girl gets her face shoved in liquid nitrogen and jason smashes it on the wall mm-hmm. and uh ooze, oozy guts everywhere mm-hmm. and then uh there's very self-aware it's done yeah. sort of the scream generation yeah of that self-aware kind of horror 2000s 90s slasher movie mm-hmm. um and then some of the only cons i've got is that it's a con against us because we've never seen it all the way through i've in seen one it sitting. all the way through oh well okay well some of the what are some of the cons steven well i mean i know i watched it once a couple of years ago but the point you were making was neither of us have seen it all the way through one sitting i've seen it all the way through one sitting and it is fun like it's 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 a fun movie it's it's goofy and it's silly but it knows what it is yeah i think you know you get into that late 90s you know mid to late 90s early 2000s these horror movies become self-aware yeah um and there are definitely lines that you know hint at the audience that the the characters are you know they're 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 aware of 
the yeah they're aware of Jason. They're aware of movies oh, yeah. of this ilk. Um, I like I've I mean it has that late ninety. It was made in the late nineties. Yeah, but it didn't get released until yeah, two thousand one. Right. So it has that late nineties feel Aesthetic to it. Um, yeah. And I mean it's just it's it's entertaining. Yeah. Uber Jason is if good. It, yeah, and there's um, there's like um, mirages he sees on on the the deck of the ship. Of, yeah. You know, it's like a late seventies setting yeah. and it's these, this stuff where like, let's do drugs, let's have premarital sex. Mm-hmm. And then these yeah. girls like take their shirts yeah. off. And Beca- because, just, you know, that's, that's one of the, the jokes people say is, you know, if you're a virgin and you don't do drugs, then, mm-hmm. you know, you'll live throughout a, a Jason movie. Yeah. Right. So Jason X number seven, mm-hmm. uh, number six on our rad cast list is Friday the 13th, the new blood. 1988 yeah. so part seven so we go from one we haven't seen much to one we've watched a lot yeah um and this one is directed by john carl beekler mm-hmm. this movie could have been a lot better than it was mm-hmm. just because you know the motion picture society or association mm-hmm. the censorship board took out most of the creativity and ingenuity mm-hmm. in the makeup and in the uh, the kills mm-hmm. so this one could have been higher on the list had maybe those stayed in or maybe not mm-hmm. Because like I said, the angle isn't based on kills. Uh, but John Carl Beekler, who's a fantastic uh, makeup artist, uh, Jason was played by Kane Hodder. This was his first appearance mm-hmm. as Kane Hodder. And then some characters to keep in mind are Tina Shepard, ter- uh, played by Lar Park Lincoln. Lar Park Lincoln. Doctor Cruz, played by Terry Kaiser. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's fame. Susan Blue played Amanda Shepard. And then John Otram played John Shepard, played mm-hmm. the daddy. Basically, this one, little girl is telekinetic. She accidentally kills her abusive father by exploding the dock he's standing on, um, which is at Camp Crystal Lake, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. He, she uh, collapses it. She collapses yeah. it, and then years later, um, she's seeing a psychiatrist who's sort of trying to exploit her while studying you know, her different tendencies and and her telekinesis. Um, And so they end up at Camp Crystal Lake in one of the cabins and then some other, some other folks move in down the road. Mm -hmm. And so basically it's about this telekinetic girl who accidentally awakes Jason from, uh, from the depths of Camp Crystal Lake. Where she was put after six. Yeah, exactly. Six. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, I like, I like the aspect of, especially when I, when I, you said we've, we've watched this one. This is one of the ones that we've watched the most because this is the one that they show consistently on yeah. Fear Fest. Mm-hmm. And it's on all the time. Uh, so we kind of just we put it on while listening to music. I've, I've sat there and watched it all the right. way through a couple times without listening to music. And I liked the aspect of somebody being formidable against Jason mm-hmm. instead of people just kind of, you know they had they have guts to take yeah. him on, but this she actually is a, a she has like a superpower because this person Jason is a, is a supervillain. Yeah, like he's he's supernatural basically. Yeah. Uh, so I li- I liked the aspect that someone was going toe to toe with Jason. Yeah. Uh, because now he's this zombie. Now he's this impenetrable yeah. force, and now she he's going against somebody who has telekinetic powers, yeah. and and she, t- Tina, Tina doesn't take a whole lot of damage. Um, no, because she's I and I I like that part of seven. Um, she I, like throws nails at him. She yeah, like sets she him on fire. Sets him on fire. Electrocutes yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and can and the look of Jason is really really yeah, cool. The, he's the, like an exposed. The makeup design the really takes into account all of the ways mm-hmm. that he's been hurt over the years. Yeah. So it has the different 
uh, different uh, wounds and mm-hmm. whatnot. Plus, he's got the exposed spine on his mm-hmm. back, and and at one point he gets so pissed off at Tina, like he's seething and his mask like busts off in, yeah. in a really cool way. And Kane Hodder really gave that character its identity, mm-hmm. not I, like sort of its personality, the way he moved, like yeah. a lot of the earmarks that a lot of people would play Jason later on. Um, or I guess it was mainly Kane Hodder until Freddy vs. Jason. He made it his own. Yeah, he, he's definitely like, made Jason, it. Like, Jason is mine. Very recognizable. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that he took ownership of that is very admirable, and that's why yeah. a lot of people like him. Because yeah. he's a horror fan as yeah. well. Yeah, the character, the side characters, though, like the teenagers at the other house are very forgettable. Very forgettable. Um, Aside from one. Yeah. It's just this mean girl. You know, and, and you know, it's just, it's just, I get, I get bored with it really quickly because it is such a neutered movie. I know it's funny to say for something that's almost, that's pretty much a hard R, but yeah. like it, it, it was so much more. Well, in speaking of so much more, like in addition to kind of the creativity that goes in the violence from Car- John Carl Beekler, um, uh, tr- uh, Tina's dad mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, she accidentally kills him mm-hmm. and he's supposed to come up like his, zombified corpse is supposed to come up and he's supposed to bring Jason down Mm -hmm. and basically a zombie bringing down a zombie. And the original design was like, he looked like he had been like corroding away and Mm -hmm. he looked like he had been dead for years. And I think a production assistant who worked for uh, Frank Mancuso jr. Was like, he looks like a frog. And so like what ended up happening was, it, it's the guy that played her dad, but he's got some schmutz on his face. Mm-hmm. And that's really the the only thing that tells you he's been dead for years. Yeah. So and he yeah. just looks like John Denver with a cardigan and mud on his yeah, face. And that in and of itself is dumb, too, because you, you're building up Tina as this, you know, right. formidable force against Jason, but she's not the one who brings him down. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's her, it summons her dad, but that's, her abusive father, mind yeah. you. So to paint him as the hero really puts that in the con column for me. Yeah. And it's just and then, you know, the love and there there's the love interest. It's it, it's, it's like not no great. There's no chemistry. chemistry it's like, yeah. it's just everybody like nobody. It's kind of like the problem five have side characters. Like, yeah, I don't care about anybody. It's, Nobody's likable. It's kind of just another entry. Six did a good job of really kickstarting it again, and they're like, "Here's just another entry, and here's here we're gonna sprinkle our little, you know, interesting, yeah, our little interesting uh, change in there, but when the rest I, is gonna stay the same." I liked when I was first watching these movies. I liked the the aspects that distracted from the horror elements. So mm-hmm. that was the characters. How entertaining yeah. are the are the side characters? And again, it remind it reminds me of Fear Fest as well because again, it showed all the time. We always just put it yeah. on. But all that aside, it's just it's just kind of dull. It's kind yeah. of a dull movie. So that was number six. Now we're gonna get we're getting into our top five. Mm-hmm. And so number five, and this is gonna be really controversial, but is the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people would rank it like towards the front just because it started all of this because of the impact. It yeah, had. exactly. And so it came out in 1980. It was directed by Sean Cunningham. Jason was played by Ari Lehman. And at this point, this is like, we just know Jason based on a flashback because he's this little boy that drowned at Camp Crystal Lake in 1957 due to negligent camp counselors. And uh, spoiler alert, Pamela Voorhees, is, his mom is the killer in mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And you're led to believe it's this like maniac and when the, there's the reveal of her and her nice grandma sweater, she's like, hi, 
My name is Mrs. Voorhees. I'm 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 a friend of the Christies. I'm Mrs. Voorhees, a friend of the Christies. Yeah, yeah. which, I mean, come on, it, it it kind of set up the. In in the zeitgeist of like, camp counselors go do drugs, have premarital sex, and get killed. Like sort of that, the the tropes of that kind of camp slasher movie mm-hmm. started here. Yeah. And we couldn't have done it without Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Because Kevin Bacon's in this movie. Yep. They fried his bacon. Exactly. He got a spear through the throat. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Kevin Bacon's in this movie. Uh, like we said, Mrs. Voorhees, who's the killer, was played by Betsy Palmer, which mm-hmm. that was a controversial decision because mm-hmm. at that point she was this wholesome, you know, this wholesome actress mm-hmm. and she's in this slasher movie. Yeah. And then we have Alice, who ends up being the, the final girl, mm-hmm. played by Adrian King. Then we have Jack by Kevin Bacon, Steve Christie played by Peter Brower. Um, and then uh, the counselors in this movie are pretty, they're, they, they're pretty fun. They're relatable. You like them. They're like real teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't really dislike any of them. Maybe aside from Ned, just, just really, he's a goofball. I, th- I think he has, he has something that made me laugh when watching it is like, there's the police officer. Cause there's this, there's the they already they established right up front. There's this lore with Camp Crystal Lake because it's called Camp Blood yeah. because of what happened at that point, you know, 20 years prior. Yeah. Um. So everybody, there's a stigma attached to it. So when you see the camps, because Mrs. Voorhees is pissed off because they're opening the camp up again. Yeah. When she petitioned so much to have it closed. Yeah. Um. So that's why she's going around killing everybody. You can't uh, just go around killing people. Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you don't like T two? I didn't say that. This <laughs> isn't about T two. <laughs> um, but so, and I lost my train. Oh, but there's a police. There's police. You know, there's a police officer that shows up, and he's like chastising the kids about like I don't know, just just don't be idiots or goofballs. Kids or kids. And Ned has like this headdress on, and he's like doing the the stereotypical. You know, Native American. Native American noise, and it's funny. He's like he's being goofy, and then he looks, and then he like gets stone faced, and he's like, "Oh shit!" He uh, like so, yeah, like yeah. real he he's like, "Oh!" Turns around, and realizes there's a cop, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. so that that delivery is funny. Any other goofball, probably in any of these later movies, mm-hmm. probably be like, "Oh, hello, officer!" Ooh. Right? It's like, "Want to smoke the peace pipe?" Yeah. Um, I think the problem is too. Like, don't don't get me wrong. One one is solid. Like, I oh, yeah. when the first time I watched it, I was like, I've seen all the sequels and I haven't seen one. And like, I watched it, and I was like, it's solid. I mean, it's set. It's, it's set, a good. It, it set the stage and it like opened the door for a lot of other slashers. But they make they mince no words in saying that they tried to knock off Halloween in a oh, way. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Sean Cunningham's like. Or was it Sean Cunningham or one of the writers that said we stole from Halloween? It might have been it, Sean Cunningham and Vic Miller. Like I that, think, like that like, whole idea of going around killing teenagers and yeah. stuff like that. So it, there's that. There's you can tell this was only supposed to be its its own movie and that's right. it. Like no sequels I, yeah. or anything. Like Sean Cunningham's like I have this story I want to tell. Yeah, and then that's it. It's yeah. like it's like Rocky. It's like yeah. it's supposed to end like this, and then they're like, well, we need sequels. Right. Um, the twist, the twist with Mrs. Voorhees is good. That's definitely pro. Uh, um, the, I, they use the term master stroke, uh, uh, for this particular part. And I, I just love that with Sean Cunningham at, at the end credits, when you think all is peaceful, all is serene, all is over, you know, you get little Jason who's got like 
who's all tattered and torn from being in the the bottom of the lake and he's like this mongoloid creature mm-hmm. like this this kid that obviously was picked on and whatnot comes out and is it's just we haven't even talked about Harry Manfredini yet. Yeah. He did the well, amazing score mm-hmm. for the first five, six movies per, at least. Per, most of the movies. So, Pretty much so all the movies. It's next to the Halloween score. It might be, for me, the most iconic horror mm-hmm. score. Yeah. And so you have this serene, like, music playing, piano music. And then it's like, when it's like yeah. coming out and like pulls her under. And yeah. So her is Alice. Alice. Uh, yeah. Alice is the final girl. She's cut off. Yeah. Pamela Voorhees' head. Yeah. And, you know, she's she's survived everything. And, you know, the audience is like, oh, she's survived. And like Matt was saying, she's out on a boat in the middle of the lake. She wakes up. And it's, again, it's, very, it's this very peaceful part of the score. And then not only does it reach kind of a fever pitch, it crescendos, and it's this very, like, grating noise on the strings. It's also kind of a guttural noise from a zombie oh, mixed yeah, with yeah. it and pulls her under. And it's so one that, of it's, it's one of the more famous scary movie moments. Yeah, it's just it's just that jump scare yeah. that and then it ends up being a dream. But yeah. still that's one of that's one of the best parts yeah. of that movie and, is that is the ending. And you scene. can tell you can tell they're trying to pad it too because there's there's this long just drag the scene that drags on of just, it just shows Alice making coffee and then right. there's kind yeah. of just like there's really cringy di- there's cringy dialogue in all these yeah. except our number one but like it's just this really cringy di- you can tell these aren't these are young actors who haven't been anything you yeah. can tell they're trying to find their footing in it but for the impact that it had on slasher movies and horror I think it's yeah. I think the spot it's in is fine yeah and then um I mean, I really wish we would have just seen Miss Moore. I think the impact would have been greater, that mm-hmm. reveal of Mrs. Voorhees, if maybe we had seen her a bit more around the right. camp, like as a like just really driving home the fact that she's a very kind and nurturing person, and then to see her coming out of the dark, to even be like, Mrs. Voorhees? Yeah. Is it, or did they know the kid's name was Jason Voorhees that drowned? No. Because then if she comes out and she's like, Mrs. Voorhees? Wait a second. They just say Jason Voorhees. Yeah, they just had. They didn't even establish. I don't even think even said they. His name was Jason. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think. Uh, Either way, she comes out and you're like, y- you, you know that kind of yeah. that kind of reveal. Instead of who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Um. So number five, the original Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Number four, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two yeah. from 1981. Just, I think a solid follow up. It's definitely. It's a. It's a better movie with more depth yeah to it there's more dimension to it with the ad the ad the newer characters uh the thing with the first three movies until four is it's kind of just a cut and paste type of ca- as far as far one, yeah. as far as like characters go too yeah. it's like you have the oversexed couple you have the virgin the, the virtuous uh lead character you have her love interest you yeah. have the the crazy the wacky characters as the sequels went on the characters got you know you had more of the wackier characters mm-hmm. But like two, two was just kind of cut and dry with those. Um, but it introduced Jason as as the character, as the killer, as, yeah. the, as the killer, exactly. Um, um, which I still watch, and I'm like, so you're. It's just the ex- the explanation is just oh he didn't die he survived yeah like where's Paul, he been this whole time Paul the lead the lead guy character is yeah. the head as head counselor at this training program, and it takes place like a couple five years. It takes place five years after the first one. Yeah. 
Um, so he's telling this campfire story that's supposed to give exposition on how Jason is still alive, yeah. which but, is actually visually a great scene. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really cool scene. Um, but again, there's nothing spectacular about any of the characters. Um, of there's the one side. jokey jokester. Yeah, there's the jokester who actually survives. Uh, the standout is Jenny, Amy Steele. Jenny is, she's arguably, I wouldn't even say arguably, I think anyone who's a Friday the 13th fan would say that Jenny is the best heroine final girl of the entire series she's the strongest final girl even though tina has telekinesis she's pretty like whiny throughout the whole movie yeah which is it's understandable why she's whiny. and jenny not only like she gets physical when she needs to get physical but i think her strongest trait is how she mentally tried to manipulate Mm -hmm. jason yeah um she puts on the you know jason is living has survived. He's living in a just this rundown shack. He's got his mom's decapitated head sitting on a platter. Still has her, you know, sweater sitting around. And Jenny dons the sweater and is basically talking like his mom's like, Jason, mother is talking to you. Yeah. You know, basically. And he sits and he, like tilts his head. And at this point, Jason doesn't have the mask. Just yeah. has a bag over. He's wearing his head. a potato sack over yeah. his head with one eye hole. Yeah. And what makes this one so strong is because. Jason is truly a human in this mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Like just with the way he moves, when he gets pushed, he, he gets knocked down. He yeah. runs into things. It's not like the like shrugging your shoulders and yeah. whenever you get hit with like bullets and stuff. Like even the way he like runs through the forest. Yeah. It, you this is a human person who's huge, but he's a human. Two is actually scary to me. Yeah. Like I mean I'm not like scared by it anymore, but it's actually it's actually scary because it's very much like you said, rooted in reality. Yeah. He it's he's very much a real person. Um he's just this big lumbering psycho because the, his look was patterned after the town that dreaded sundown, yeah. which mm-hmm. is based on a, a true story or yeah. which is like true events that actually happened. Somebody walking around with a potato sack, killing people mm-hmm. like it, it, it's very real. And then there's also these very real scary moments to where like Jenny thinks she's safe and she's kind of sitting there and you see Much Jason like in the first one. Yeah. You see yeah. Jason lumbering behind her. She doesn't know she's oh, there. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's it, the way Jason moves and the way he looks is very real and visceral. Yeah. And it's, it, and you it, take the potato sack off and it's, you can tell it's this mate it's like, heavy makeup of this mongoloid right. face but still it's still very well done but w- if you suspend your disbelief and within this world if you still saw that in real life mm-hmm. it would be terrifying just within the context of how human jason is yeah. in this movie so within the realm of how cookie cutter it was with the first one and how the yeah. third one was kind of like that too the the standout was jenny as yeah, the heroine by amy steel amy steel yeah um, um, there were two people that played jason in this movie yeah um, so there was warrington gillette who was he was i mean i feel like he was like a stunt he He, was like a like a first year stunt man at that point he wore the makeup at the end there's another jump scare at the end yeah and i feel like because there was like some controversy like some of the cast was like oh warrington let's my jason Mm -hmm. and then the guy that actually did most of the heavy lifting is jason was steve dash Mm -hmm. and he's like this He's like this Italian guy. He's like, yeah, he said he didn't want to do some of the stunts. It's like, so I didn't like, even get credited. So I, I did the stunts. You know, the girl hit me. You know, she she you know, cut my finger, this finger right here. But it's all right. You know, it's yeah, just, and he showed a middle finger. I know yeah. you can't see it, but yeah. uh, that that little rascal. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, went to, he's like, oh, I went to the, I had to go to the hospital and I, I had, I still had a, uh, a machete in my shoulder. And I was like, oh, can you give me something for a headache? And I was like, oh, ah. Yeah classic italian humor mm-hmm. um so 
part two is our number four. We're now getting to the, the final yeah. three. So part, uh, or our third pick is Friday the 13th, part three from 82, which will be very controversial to a lot of people because, of course, as films go, they would probably put the original or number two mm-hmm. in the top three. But this one's more for like, we've we've seen it a lot like it's one of the most entertaining it's more entertaining to me yeah. than those ones yeah and this one was presented in 3d yes yeah, so we had the dvd of... and it came with 3d glasses mm-hmm. that's not the the it's in 3d is it's not, not the reason it's not why it's good it's 3D. not good 3d um but in this one steve minor directed he also directed uh number uh two and then richard brooker was jason and then we have characters like Chris Higgins, Rick, Shelley, who's like insufferable, um, Loco, Chili, and Fox, who yeah. are some uh, some swell motorcycle mm-hmm. gang members. And then basically kind of the same as before. It's basically Jason survives, and then this main character, this main heroine, Chris Higgins, and her friends, take uh, she takes them to Higgins Haven, which is basically this private farm that her family owns, mm-hmm. and Jason takes refuge there as well. I like how... So this was the first one we ever saw. Yeah, that, so that's probably why it's ranked yeah. so high, too. So that that one definitely helps. I like the forward progression and character dynamics. I like how they're I like how they're actually going to different locations and things are happening in different locations. Yeah. Um I think again going back to 5, I think 5 did that too much. It had one too many. Right. Um but with I think they they also added people to kind of up the body count. But yeah, like the le- motorcycle. At game. least yeah. the story was were connected with those things. Sure. It wasn't just a bunch of random yeah. things. Like, like these two characters go into town and then they get accosted by this motorcycle gang. This character, you know, backs into their bikes mm-hmm. and now they're off to get them. And so it's all intertwined. It's not yeah. just random killings. Yeah, and there's actually there's actually a distinction between characters because in one and two people run together for me. Like yeah, besides again Jenny and Paul or. Um, or Alice and maybe Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Uh, everybody runs <laughs> but together. But that's just because it's, it's Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. Everybody yeah. runs together. There's a distinction between who, who's who is. Shelly is the prankster. He yeah. can be insufferable, but he's, he's this, this guy who has zero confidence in himself. Yeah. And he's set up on this blind, this blind date for the weekend with Vera. And who's you know, confident. Who's confident. And she, she, she just she tries to be as friendly as she can, but Shelly's trying to push her relationship. Yeah, yeah. But then you also get the, the oversexed couple. The couple, you know, there's a there's differentiation between them. But then there's also the stoner couple, and you yeah. know them because they're a stoner couple. Yeah. And then you know Chris is the virtuous one. You know her boyfriend Rick like, is Rick. like her love interest. So there's a distinction between all these people. They don't yeah. run together, right. and you know for the for the most part they're likable. Right. Exactly. They're likable and. This one is the introduction of the iconic the hockey, hockey mask. mask. Yeah. And I have Shelly written down as one of my cons, but we really have him to thank for the hockey mask because right. one of his pranks involved a harpoon gun for some reason and a hockey mask. Yeah. And both those things come into play later mm-hmm. uh, for the harpoon kill. Yeah. Um, shoot someone in the eye with a harpoon. Yeah. Chris isn't a super strong well, when you, when, survivor. Yeah, coming off of two where you had Jenny, Chris is she like fights back but she's not as confident it mm-hmm. doesn't seem yeah and which leads to one of the con- i mean and that's because she had a, supposedly years before she had a, this run in with Jason mm-hmm. which just seemed kind of ho- shoehorned in there yeah. and just kind of 
just not necessary. And yeah. like the Im- implication is that Jason sexually assaulted her. Yeah. So it's like, it doesn't really work. It doesn't really, yeah, it yeah. doesn't fit. And you're plus just, it's like not necessary. You're trying to create this tension there. You're yeah. trying to create, you know, more of a backstory to where she has more of a drive to like, yeah, defeat him. Right. And she's just defeat him because he killed all your friends. Right. And then, um, this feels good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Little lady motorcycle yeah, woman. Fox. Fox. Yeah. Of course. The, the, sw- in, the, in the motorcycle gang who served a purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Fox is swinging on a rope and she's like, this feels good. Mm-hmm. And then she gets, uh, she gets speared by a, a pitchfork, by a pitchfork. Yeah. Um, and so that was number three. We're down to the final two. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. And I, I just, I love these ones. These are yeah. go to's. Yeah. Uh, number two, Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yep. Part four from 1984, directed by Joe Zito. Jason is played by Ted White. And this is our introduction into probably the most iconic character next to Jason. That's Tommy Jarvis. Mm-hmm. This is when we get him as a kid. We referenced him um, in part five. Um, this is you know, Tommy and his sister, uh, Trish Jarvis, are... They are living in the woods with their mom at this cabin. Mm-hmm. And then these teenagers who, you know, Crispin Glover is one of them. Uh, Lawrence Monison, who plays this guy named Ted, was in Last American Virgin. Mm-hmm. He's one of them. And so it, it's a very rem- memorable group of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of them are very likable. Yeah. So you don't want to see them really get killed. And basically... They move in across the street from the Jarvises, but all of it is within the vicinity of Camp Crystal Lake. And you know how that goes. Why people continue to be within the vicinity of Camp Crystal Lake, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because this is the close of a, I think, of the the first real story arc of Friday the 13th. Like, the only story arc, really. Because they try and do it five and six, but then the rest are kind of just like standalone movies. Mm -hmm. The only constant is Jason. Yeah. Uh, I like, so this one really, cause one, two, and three, again, they have the tendency to run together, yeah. but four actually, f- it feels and it feels different and actually looks like a film. Right. The first three were, the first one was an independent movie. The second yeah. one was a glorified independent movie. And the third one had a little bit of a budget. The four it was 3d is yeah. Okay. Uh, but sure it was, um, <laughs> four actually looked like a film. Yeah. It actually, it looked it, it felt like there was finality in the air. Yeah, like what I'm about to watch is about to end. It's about to end. I don't know if it's going to end good or end yeah. bad. So with that, they brought back Tom Savini to do the effects, which was cool. He did. He did, Yeah. He did the effects on the first Tom Savini is a legend yeah. in the horror community for, for makeup effects because he was a Vietnam photographer mm-hmm. um, in, in the Vietnam war, yeah. obviously. And he just basically did his makeup based on a lot of real things that he saw, like real wounds yeah. and real carnage. So that's why it's, his stuff is so effective. Yeah. And you actually, it's, it's cool how they tied three. So it's actually, it's cool. The movie, the opening shot looks really cool. Uh, it starts in a helicopter that has a searchlight on and the camera's panning down yeah. over, you know, panning past police and ambulance workers. And it's kind of surveying the carnage that went on in the, the in night before. Three. So three. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just, it just has better production value. Not to mention they go from uh, the stuff that happened at Higgins Haven where it goes to the morgue, which you get this wild morgue employee. Mm-hmm. So there's more 
depth. And again, it's that progression of characterization. There's more depth to the story and to the plot points. Yeah. When you add in the Jarvises, it's not this needless shoehorn. Um, his sister, um, is very protective. Yeah, She's uh, very strong. Trish. Trish, Trish, yeah. Trish is a great heroine. Tommy Jarvis is an interesting character. The mom, like there's kind of a, maybe a little bit of a, um, Mrs. Voorhees red herring thrown in there a couple yeah, times, yeah, but yeah. she isn't the killer. It's still Jason, yeah. Yeah, but, so uh, really, it, really strong lead. Characters. It's, it's really yeah. strong lead characters. Uh, Even there's the teenagers, there's more depth yeah. to the teenagers. Like yeah. there, there's some of the, like you said, they're more likable. Mm -hmm. There's more, there's more given to everybody. Well, Ned, Ted isn't likable. Okay, well, Ted isn't likable, yeah. but everybody else, I guess minus the little the double-met twins that joined them, Ugh, everybody has something likable about them. Sure. Even, like, it was funny because there was a kill. Uh, so there was a show in the 80s called The Powers of Matthew Starr, mm -hmm. and it starred Peter Burton, mm -hmm. and he was sort of a teen, teen, a teen yeah. idol at the mm -hmm. point. And his character, Doug, in this movie, like, you're – you're like there's some sort of lead into what makes you want to see mm -hmm. these these teenagers get killed. Either you just don't care about them, or they're jerks, or whatever. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Like he was pretty likable, and when he was about to get killed, like we knew what was going to happen. But Stevens like, no, I, I like him. Yeah, like he's he's pretty likable. I kind of yeah. wish he doesn't. It's pretty gruesome. He gets yeah. his face smashed in a shower yeah. wall. Um, and it, it this movie does what our number one did better but it subverts the viewer's expectation of mm -hmm. like who's gonna get killed who's how yeah. quick are they because it's kind of a slow burn the teenagers yeah. don't get killed right away maybe right. like 45 minutes into the movie is when everything starts happening but there's a few scenes where it's like oh I, this girl you know she's like i'm gonna go back and go get the car and you yeah. know and you there's this this the the this like pov pov shot. camera yeah. shot or you see like trish and her mom running in the woods and you're like oh first victims blah blah, blah. Yeah. Um, first victim is actually uh, Zoltek's mom. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Bonnie Hillman. Zoltek. Uh, Zoltek from Little from Giants. Little Giants. The um, woman who played his mom. Yeah. yeah. Um, so different characters. She's not Zoltek's mom in this. No. Uh, but it's just gas man. I, I just. Get it. I just think about it. All I can say is I just really like four. Oh yeah. Like well, it, it. It does a lot of things right. We got to talk about Crispin Glover. Yeah. So obviously Crispin Glover, George McFly. Yeah. He would go on after this movie to be in the somewhat successful back to the future. And they, they did, they pulled it's in a, a small little bit independent of money. film. Um, and he, people think he, he became strange. He became odd and awkward. He already was. But by all accounts, he's always kind of marched to the beat mm -hmm. of his own drum. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, marching and beats and sort of the same arena as dancing one of the best parts of this movie is just this manic spastic dance he does to try and impress yeah. a girl and uh anyone you talk to would say like that's that's a real dance that's not a that, character choice yeah, like exactly. that's how crispin glover actually dances yeah. like whenever they went to clubs and stuff mm -hmm. go all you have to do is go go to youtube and type in crispin glover dancing yeah um and it'll probably bring that up. It might bring up his clowny, clowny, clown music video. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Um, yeah, but clowny, clowny, clown. I, it's just there's there's a lot of distinct moments in this movie. Yeah. People, the way Jason is killed. Like, yeah. He gets, like, Tom, Tommy. Who's this little boy? Yeah. He's played by Corey Feldman. Yeah. Feld dog. Yeah. Uh, and Corey Feldman, like, he does a really good. Everybody, like, does, like, they do. 
there's again they're like in any of the mm-hmm. in any of the entries there's cringy moments like i just the, don't the, like cory feldman yeah the the twin characters are terrible twins they, are stupid they are stupid um like they're they're not great um and then there's a few points yeah. here and there where i'm like that's the del- delivery wasn't great that was dumb. I just but like but Corey Feldman. This is before he was Feld Dog, and he was still likable. This before, was before he was killing vampires. Yeah, before he. This was before the Goonies. Before he was Donatello. This is yeah. This is when he was still kind of a likable kid. Yeah, and he 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 was a standout, and like and again, Trish was great. Um, yeah, but I just even even now I'm like I get it under duress, like y- y- with your adrenaline going, you your body does crazy things, mm-hmm. but it's still the fact that this is supposed to be the final chapter like how if they kill jason it's got to be some epic conclusion Mm -hmm. and it's a an 11 year old boy with a machete Mm -hmm. so who who just shaved his head who just shaved his head to look like like little jason child jason which in real time his sister's being attacked meanwhile downstairs and he's doing the process of he starts with scissors to cut to cut through it, mm-hmm. and he has a picture of Jason on the mirror, which means he's paying close attention. So I'm sure there's a few snips. Look at the picture, look it over, kind of do, you know, okay, got it, and then keeps it. So you got to take your yeah. sweet time, and then he does the shaving with yeah. the razor. So I don't know. I really have to suspend my disbelief yeah. with that. One of the most disconcerting parts of the movie too is when rob is killed first of all i don't like that rob was killed rob um, yeah rob is because I, I liked rob this strong character who's in search of jason to kill him and you're like this guy's a badass but then like, he like, i want to see this this showdown he encounters jason at the bottom of the basement or at the bottom of the basement he in the basement and he starts oh killing. my god he starts killing he's him he's killing me he's, yeah he starts saying he's killing me run trash oh god he's killing me which a lot of horror fans laugh at it is silly but yeah. like it's also a very real would that response. be a real response like yeah. oh my god somebody's killing me right yeah. now and it it just kind of sucks because i was hoping for more of a fight because this whole time you're like rob's got a vendetta rob rob's because jason killed his sister who's one of the characters from the second movie supposed to be one supposed to be yeah um which they touch on briefly um but uh he he doesn't say she was killed in the second movie (laughs) he's like we're just supposed to assume she was killed earlier yeah and uh you're like he's gonna get his showdown like he's gonna get his face to face with jason and he's gonna be like you killed my sister you son of a bitch you know or something like Mm -hmm. that but no, he just he gets bum rushed and stabbed in the stomach. So it just kind of sucks. She's like, I wanted Rob to get his moment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that was only number two. Yeah. If you've been listening thus far, four was pro- two. Four was two. You probably know what number one is. And I absolutely love this movie. This movie is uh, like this one. So number one is, is Friday number six. six and- yes. Uh, number one is Friday the 13th, Jason Lives from 1986, which is the sixth installment mm-hmm. uh, with Tom McLaughlin d- directing. He wrote it too, didn't mm-hmm. he? With writing and directing. Just a just a fun personality. And then one, a Jason that doesn't get talked about much is C.J. Graham. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he, uh, Kane Hodder gave it personality with his movements, but C.J. Graham was very, very imposing. Yeah. And his, his movement was great too. Yeah. This movie... What struck me ever since the first time I watched it was how genuinely like 
funny it can be. Like, yeah. It's I intentionally. Think, it's it started being. It was like it was very self-aware. And that's I think that's the appeal is how tongue-in-cheek it is. Mm-hmm. It's very like. First time I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, this is." I really enjoyed this it's one. Fresh. But then we watched it lately, and I was like, "It's smart, snappy dialogue, mm-hmm. like gen- genuinely like good yeah. back and forth, good repartee, like really cool, like foreshadowing yeah. moments, we really see, cool, like callback." We moments. see Tommy Jarvis again in this one. Yeah, uh, this time he's gotten out of a mental hospital. Mm-hmm. He's played by Tom Matthews in this one. Tommy Jarvis has been played by three different people. Yeah. for various reasons. Yeah, uh, but Tom Matthews' portrayal is the best mm-hmm. to me as an adult. Tommy Jarvis and him and Horshack go just just go to the graveyard to make sure Jason's really dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and this acts more as a, a continuation of the fourth one mm-hmm. as opposed to the fifth one, I think. And basically he's going, he's stabbing Jason in the heart after they unearth him and this lightning bolt strikes it. It's yeah. kind of silly, but brings him back to life. But that harkens to what Tom McLaughlin finds inspiration from. Yeah, his Universal movie So monsters. the Universal, yeah. he's a, such a big fan of the Universal monsters and yeah. gothic horror that there's gothic tones to this. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's gothic tones to Harry Manfredini's score to yeah. it. Uh, it's, you know, great. The atmosphere is great. You know, you see a lot of cemeteries. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I have this fascination with cemeteries. Lurch. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it's levity is laced throughout. Like, you, you, some, there are times I watch it and, like, Jason shows up and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, there's that, there's that. Oh, there's that underlying feeling that you're still watching a Jason movie, but yeah. it's so clever yeah. and it's so great with the tongue in cheek and the uh, kind of the, I call it the call and response moments. Yeah. There's a scene to where um, pretty much Tommy is, you know, goes to Sheriff Garris. Uh, he mm-hmm. goes to, who Sheriff Garris is a great character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he. I liked him when I first saw it because he reminded me of J.K. Simmons. Yeah. Um, but he goes to Sheriff Garris and like they're like you're you're Tommy Jarvis and you're talking all this mess about Jason still alive. Jason's and blah, alive. Blah, blah. Yeah. So he locks him up and then he's had a, he's had enough of him because he's starting because later on his daughter Megan and her friends come in. Who's another? Like, Megan is a great yeah. female lead. In yeah. This. So they're about they're going to be counselors at uh they they changed the name to forest green it's not yeah. it's not crystal lake anymore it's forest green same camp yeah different name but um they're 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 going to camp they're going to be counselors because kids are going to be showing up soon and the head counselors haven't shown up so they're bringing this concern to him and tommy's giving them all this exposition and he's like you know stop filling their head with all this stuff yeah it's not like that anymore but there's this back and forth this butting heads between tommy and the sheriff yeah um that there's this funny moments where like megan is like really into tommy and like yeah. wants to believe him and stuff and she's like so, snappy too. yeah like yeah. she's she's a she's a firecracker yeah tom tom mclaughlin writing it he's like i wanted to write a female lead that reminded me of like, like the barbara stanley like, like yeah, yeah like the snappy thirties f- and forties female yeah. like characters to, who you know, can go toe to toe with the male leads yeah, yeah. too, as far as like verbal barbs Man, she go. Did. Yeah. This she did great. really, really well. Yeah. But like, there's this funny moment where she, she like, she picks him up to take him back to the camp. Cause he has a, an idea of how to trap Jason. And, uh, um, it goes to the scene to where the, her dad, the sheriff finds out that what she did and he's like, um, or Tommy's like, 
he's like, we slow down, you're going to kill us. And uh, it goes to a scene to where her dad's like, when I find her, I'm going to kill her. Yeah. Something like that. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's, this, it's this call and response type When humor. you're actually watching it and yeah. it goes boom, boom, you boom. Know, in yeah. one scene, somebody's like, da-da-da-da-da, and then there's like a response to it in the next scene. Yeah, it, yeah I, know it, what I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's just, it's, it's a fun, fun one, movie. I think I... Here's an example of what I think you, I knew you were talking about. There's an undertaker going around the cemetery, and they're, like, questioning him. And he, like, kind of looks off in the distance, and they're like, do they think I'm you know, a he, fart He's breaking head. the fourth wall. Yeah, he looks. he's breaking the fourth wall, and he's like, do they think I'm a fart head? And the next scene is a bunch of kids going, yeah! And it turns back, it's, and the counselors are, are asking them if they're going to have a good it's summer. It's in response yeah. to something else, yeah. but, like, they connect to Yeah, if, if you watch Six... Trust me, for those of you who have seen Six, and if you haven't seen there, you'll you'll notice, you know, I call it a call and response yeah. to the next scene. But, but but it's, and plus John Travolta's nephew's in this movie. He's yeah. like, what are you doing back there? Are you taking a dump? There's, there's, I would like to, next year, we're going to commit an entire episode to Six. Yeah, but. Because Six is, is, Six is just a really fun movie. It's, it's a, it's an awesome cat and mouse game mm-hmm. between the sheriff trying to catch Tommy and Tommy trying to catch Jason. Yeah. And they're like trying to tell each other that they're either wrong or like you're wrong. So it's, yeah. it's so, it's so fun. It's, it's a so very, great. It's, it's a very like an concise hour 45 minutes. It doesn't feel like that mm-hmm. because you're having fun the whole time. And then, but when it needs to get tense, it gets tense. It becomes a Friday the 13th movie. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it, it does it. It, carves its own path with the writing mm-hmm. but in the moments where you need jason to finally have like a final showdown then they're like okay we need to buckle down and this is going to be you know mm-hmm. a, a, an epic affair yeah. so i really appreciate that yeah. and um, i i would love to talk more about six yeah. i actually wish we hadn't given more attention to the, the, the shitty ones the, yeah because yeah. i'm just like damn it like i want to talk about six because it, it has so much going for it in and, due time I believe. And it's it was the best reviewed one but it made the least amount of money at the box office mm-hmm. six like i say we do a commentary at some point yeah it. i mean six is just so much fun it is like it's, it, great. it's such a good it's such a good entry and it was a good it was just it. It brought Jason back in a yeah. fun way. The James Bond intro yeah. was great. And yeah, it really the set the thing. tone for what kind of movie. Tom McLaughlin did a great job. Yeah, writing it. It's 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 the dialogue in there reminds me why I love the dialogue and something like Die Hard. To where I can just sit back yeah. and listen to it back and forth. And I'm like, that is just such that's good. Dialogue. It perfectly encapsulates the things we like, uh, the type of horror movies that we like mm-hmm. with you know, humor sprinkled in there as well as kind of the more ominous, you know, yeah. gothic, uh, aesthetic and all that stuff. Atmosphere, so. humor, and the dialogue are the best parts yeah. of six. Exactly. It's, it's great. So Friday the 13th, Jason lives was our number one. And this concludes our top 10 countdown of the Friday the 13th movies. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll close out the show. So stick around. We'll be right back. I wanted to welcome you back to the Radcast, Stephen. Thanks. Oh, when did you all get here? I guess I'll welcome you listeners back, too. Cut to the chase. That works a lot better visually. Um, so, welcome back to the Radcast. Hope you had a good break. Hope you are able to take a nice snack break. What, are you taking a dump back there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hope you, what are you doing? Are you taking a dump? Um, 
But uh, I hope you enjoyed our countdown. Uh, some entries went a, long, a little longer than others, mm-hmm. but we wanted to make sure we were, we were as thorough as we could be. This is definitely a series that we turn yeah. to around this time of year, yeah. which is why we entered it into our first ever uh, Five Weeks of Fright. Yeah. And folks, like... Hang in there with us. Uh, for those of you Friday the 13th fans out there listening, if you feel like we touched on something a little too much or not enough, or mm-hmm. in the, like, hang in there with us because we are reach so, out. Yeah, re- reach out. as much interaction as possible. But also, somewhere down the line, four and six definitely were actually... We're they're going to get their own episodes. They're going to get their own episodes. Yeah. It won't be for probably next year but yeah. like four and six are actually ones i'd like to talk about i mm-hmm. wish we would have talked about more over That's the ones right. that we didn't like but because again i love six like six yeah is great. absolutely but uh so i hope you liked our countdown yeah um next week we there's a little adjustment if you listen to our five weeks of fright preview uh next week was supposed to be a radcast rental double feature of halloween town and hocus pocus that has moved to the week after we're gonna swap no, that. that has moved to halloween oh day. that yes yeah. that, that's right that has moved to halloween so a few thursdays from mm-hmm. now yeah uh, next week is going to be universal movie monsters if you go to www.theradcast.com and on that main page, you scroll down, you'll see our updated Five Weeks of Fright uh, schedule. Mm-hmm. And uh, while you're over there, make sure to listen to all new and past episodes, mm-hmm. as well as kind of like any podcast app, like we said at the top. Um, so there you go. Week two, yeah. Five Weeks of Fright. Yep. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, while you're out there, folks, be good to yourself, be good to each other, because why would you want to be rude when you can be rad? We'll see you next time. See you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.